Hello and welcome to the Mullet Over podcast. I'm waiting. For what? For something. <laughs> we never made a jingle. That was the silent we, jingle. This, <laughs> we never made a jingle for our podcast. And so for the first eight episodes, he's beatboxed. And uh, everyone loves it. It's the only reason they come back for the podcast is because they want to <laughs> hear, hear the new. <laughs> they I'm hear. sorry to disappoint you. Very disappointing. We just lost half of our fan base. So. Um, today we have a special guest, Caleb Warren. Who we have known for years. Say hi, Caleb. How we doing? And doing you guys for like your whole life, probably. probably yeah. <laughs> What's your <laughs> earliest memory of us? Probably watching Tim play sports in like third grade. In you in third grade or us? In Y'all like... were in third grade. Okay, wow. so I was a youngster. So how much younger are you than us? Than us? Well, I'm what? I'm six years younger than Tim. So you've been what nine? Wait, no, I'm probably one of really. I just remember seeing you guys play sports in like that when you were school. You when I was a little baby, just running around, still in diapers. Probably, yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. What was your first memory of my dad? First memory of Mr. Richard. Malt. This is gonna be a scary question. Wow. Um, I'm excited. I would <laughs> say around the same time if. I, I would want to, yeah, I would want to say around the same time. I didn't know like that your dad was doing all the stuff that he was really into until like middle school. But I mean, yeah, I thought he was just like, oh, just a homeschool dad. Yeah, just a regular homeschool dad with the New Balance white shoes and yeah. <laughs> silly, silly dad jokes. Yeah, exactly. Shouting at the roughs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, what, I would never do what's that. What's your favorite parent being involved in sport story? My favorite parent. You know, my eighth grade year. Um, when you were playing up or playing? I was playing. What it, no, what? I was in eighth grade. I was I was 13. Uh-huh. So I was like, you know, the age of 13. Or, and we played the other homeschool team, the Heat. And, you know, I was a little bit more athletic than everybody else on the court. Just a little bit. A little bit at that time. Um, you know, it's, and I was just crushing the ball. And uh, we're playing basketball we're playing volleyball volleyball we're playing volleyball and one of the other parents from the heat team, <laughs> one of the other homeschool parents came up to our coach and everybody like during the game she's like yelling at everybody saying like no way he's in eighth grade like she literally went to the board try to get me off the team oh that is fantastic like, that is a fantastic she, story she, it was crazy like it was like a two Three week thing. Like I almost was not allowed to play in the next couple games <laughs> for being too good. For being too good, <laughs> literally. Those poor for context, kids. <laughs> for context to people listening, uh, Caleb has just finished five years. Five years of college football. Five years of college football. Yeah. And uh, he's getting ready for the NFL draft yep. coming up. And uh, he had a workout with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. I did. You want to yeah. tell us a little about that? Yeah, I mean, dude, it was a dream come true getting to. Walk through the facilities, be on the practice field and whatnot. Getting these, like we were in the locker room of the Bucks. Like there were Bucks players there. Like they were working out and they would come in and you know do their thing and got to see where they eat. I was like, wow, this is y'all's dining hall. This is, this is legit. <laughs> legit. I, I want to get drafted <laughs> like, just so I can eat. Literally, no. Like well, they gave us breakfast and the food was so good. Like in comparison, to, like where I came from, the dining hall that we had at our school. I was like, man, y'all are. Y'all are living luxury. Well, right yeah, there's here. a little bit difference in the budgets. <laughs> a little, little bit different in the budget for sure. But um, and you've been training with some of the Bucks players before. I have, yeah, I've been training. Uh, 
Re, uh, I'm not, I don't even know how to pronounce Nacho. We call him, they call him Nacho. Yeah. He is like, he's been a mentor to me this entire time. Just getting to know him has been really cool. Like yesterday, we, we were at the gym together. It was just me and him in the, in the weight room. And we spent like an hour and a half, two hours just talking about football, him giving me advice. That's whatnot. awesome. Just like, and, and like, he might be one of the nicest, realest guys. Like, if you met him and you would never think, oh, you're, NFL football player like you're you have a Super Bowl ring like you yeah, yeah, yeah. led the defense yeah on the on the Bucks to the Super Bowl <laughs> like he is just the most down-to-earth realest guy you'll probably ever meet like so that's been really cool as well as you know Anthony Nelson uh I keep forgetting his name William Golston Golston that's how you say it yeah um you know Shane Ray who was a first round draft pick back in the day and he's trying to get back into the NFL now but just being able to hang out with all those guys and get a lot of advice, a lot of wisdom from them, just about this whole process and what uh, what would they have done different if they were in my shoes, and what can I do different to set myself apart from everybody else? So it's been it's been fantastic. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So we're we're gonna we're gonna take it back a little bit. So uh, spiritually, <laughs> um, tell me about your walk with Christ and where that kind of started. Where it went from like. Um, I prayed a prayer because I'm a I'm a Christian who's you know older brother's a youth pastor and yeah. you know uh, I'm you know everyone's a Christian around me and like I have a walk in my relationship with with Jesus. How did that kind of come about? Well, I mean, yeah, I grew up in the church. Uh, went to every church activity. I was in Bible Jill, Juana's, going to church on Sunday, Wednesday, Friday. Like, I there were. You, do you have all your cubby and Awana? I, I all of them. I mean, I got all of them. I don't have them still. Oh, you don't just hang those up? <laughs> no, I don't hang those up. <laughs> if you, if you, autograph you didn't bring those. them to the dorm with you? Nah, I didn't, I didn't <laughs> say that. But no, I have all the trophies. I'm sure your I mom have. has them. Does your mom have them? She might. <laughs> she might. Shout out. to. <laughs> Listen, our next banquet, we should have an autographed Awana's yeah. vest from Caleb Ward. Oh That's what God. we should auction that off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, I was I was doing everything in the church. Um, you know, I from a young age I knew I wanted to accept Jesus, and it was like probably took like five times to like really click. Because like for me, I was just like, oh, I want to accept Jesus, so then I can take communion, you know, be like everybody else and things like that. Um, and finally, at one point, like you know, when I was probably like eight. I believe I truly accepted God in my heart. Um, but it wasn't until I started hanging out with you guys that it really became real for me. Like when I started coming mm -hmm. to church with you guys, seeing what you guys are talking about. Because, you know, we're, we're not, the church I grew up, no, don't get me wrong, it was great. There was just a fake, fakeness about it. I mean, guys, people were just like, they would come to church on Sunday you know, and, and that was it. They weren't really like living that everyday life of Jesus is Lord. Yeah. Jesus is Lord. Hey, and we're going to do the same things Jesus did. And the disciples did like, it, it seemed like, you know, it was, let's not hurt anybody's feelings and, and just, uh, meet on Sunday and Wednesday. But when I started hanging out with you guys, and I mean, we started doing the 21 day revolution, the 40 day revolution, y'all started teaching me how to hear God's voice, how to pray for people and things like that. I mean, that's when it really started to get real. Mm -hmm. um, that's when it really started to get real. And I mean, I, 
look up to both you guys, you know, through high school, like you guys are probably the biggest mentors I had at the mm-hmm. time um, and whatnot. And then when I went left for college, you know, my freshman year, I was the first time away from, from school or from home. And, and I was at school and I got to do everything on my own. And for the first time I get to do whatever I want. With go to church time. or not go to church. Yeah, I get to, exactly. So, um, you know, my freshman year, was me definitely just like doing whatever I wanted. And um, later after my freshman year, my brother Tim, like getting close, my brother Tim calls me up and he's like, yo, you should come down and train with me over the summer. And I was like, dude, that'd be sick. I would love to do that. So I, I immediately decided, yeah, I'm going to go back to Gainesville and train with Tim over over the summer. Um, and like then a week later, he called, I like, he calls me up. He's like, yeah. I also want you to do this internship. It's Ugh. like 900 bucks. I was like, okay. So, you know, I got to do, I went back. I didn't really want to do it. If I'm being completely honest, like I was kind of like, nah, I don't really want to do that. Cause that's going to be an all day thing. And it's you know, my I, summer. Yeah. It's my summer. I really just want to like, you know, relax, play football or not play train for football and work out and, and whatnot. And he was like, no, dude, this is, you need to do this. And I was like, okay. In my heart, I knew it was the right thing to do, but I didn't really want to do it, you know. And at the time, I mean, I just got earrings. I was like trying to be like a white chocolate flash boy. Oh like, my whatnot. goodness! So, like I, <laughs> white, I look, chocolate white chocolate flash, flash boy. Yeah, yeah, you know, I was. That'll be the title of this podcast yeah. interview with a white chocolate flash boy. <laughs> yeah, so I was, I was in my own little world at the time, but you know, over that summer, I mean, we just went back to the basics of what I was learning with you guys and. I remember getting there and like hearing all these people's stories. These people didn't, they, they didn't grow up in the church. They didn't yeah. have, they literally just found Jesus, but they were so happy, so excited, like on fire for the Lord. Like all they wanted to do is read the Bible and pray every day. And I remember like one day I'm like sitting there and I'm like, you know, I've known Jesus my entire life. I've grown up in the church. Why is it Jesus doesn't bring me this much, as, as much excitement as these people get? Mm. And I wrestled with that for a while, like, like, why did they get it? And I don't. And it wasn't until I realized how, like, real he is, you know, like, what he's actually doing on a day to day basis. I think, you know, I more had an impersonal perspective of, of God and Jesus, whereas they had a very personal. They knew what it was like to not have him. Exactly. I didn't. Like, I, I've known this my entire life. Yeah. And and that finally clicked with me. And, you know, I just, like, it was like, I'm on fire. Like, this is, you know, I, I'm at the top of the mountain. Like, this is great. I'm going to go back to school. I'm starting a Bible study. Like, I'm going to get every one of my teammates, the whole population of the universe Rhode Island is going to <laughs> see Jesus and, and whatnot. So that's, Amen. that's what I did. You know, I went back and, and immediately like started creating disciples, you know, started meeting with guys on my team who uh, we had talked before and they, they had a very rough understanding of, of the Bible and of Jesus. And I could tell they wanted to know more. So, you know, I hit them all up and I was like, Hey, I want to start meeting with you guys on a regular basis and just answer your questions, read the Bible together, pray together. So that's what we did. We, I mean, we just started as well as, you know, I also was pretty aggressive. I mean, I, there were freshmen there. <laughs> I would go up and be like, hey, man, you're coming to this, you're coming to this Bible study later. 
And like, I would literally <laughs> drive I like over. Sir, to, yes, sir. They were, yeah, they were like, I don't want him. Like, I don't care. I literally drive to the dorm, knock on their door, grab them, and be like, get in the car, we're going. Like, you know, <laughs> amen. Um, yeah, right. Um, so I was doing that uh, pretty much that whole semester. And I saw some awesome things, like three or four guys really like, it clicked. It really clicked for them. They 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 started to see um, the truth. They and it was just awesome getting to see see them su- give their lives to Jesus. Um, you know, it was great because my best friend Ivory later he decided he wanted to get baptized, and he had been talking to a, a pastor about it that was in the area. And one day I get a call from from him, and I'm like, "Who's FaceTiming me right now?" So I just pick it up, and he's like, "This guy, Pastor Steven, and He's like, "Hey." He was a super energetic guy. Like he was like, "Hey, so I heard you've been talking to Ivory. He's been, you know, you know, I've been talking with him too for a long time, and you know, now he wants to get baptized this Sunday, and you're coming." I was like, "Okay, yeah, definitely, I'm gonna be there. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be there to support." And like, I get there, and you know, Ivory's about to get baptized, and all of a sudden he's like, "Caleb, get up here. You're gonna baptize him." And I was like, "Oh wow, this is so surreal. Like, oh this wow, is, this is what I've always wanted to do, but I just never had the opportunity." Yeah. And so, I mean, that was how big's the church? it was it was growing pretty big when i when i left uri um i would say probably close to 100 people okay yeah which in rhode island i mean yeah the the population is smaller than hillsborough county so i mean that's really oh the the state the population everything like could fit in hillsborough county wow so 100 people in rhode island that's pretty big okay um so you got plugged in at this church after yeah, that? Yeah, I, I did get plugged in with this church, which was great. Um, but that wasn't until later, um, after I went through a pretty life-changing experience with uh, my high school girlfriend at the time, who, you know, she wanted to do something different. I wanted to do something different, and it just didn't work out. And then I really got into a definitely a dark place. I mean, I called, I know I called you, Andrew, about it, like, probably a couple times. Like, I think I even called you about it as well and you know i just wanted answers i wanted people you know like help me because i didn't i've never been through anything like this and i didn't know i could go through anything like this or feel these things and so i just you know really hit a dark place but at that time like that's where i would say jesus became the most real Mm. like you know i remember you needed him yeah like for the first time in my life like i was like i can't do anything on my own like i can barely get out of bed like at, at right now and dude like there would be days where i would wake up go lift work out with the team like that winter and i would then miss the rest of the day of class and go sit in my room turn out all the lights turn on maverick city and just pray and praise god for the the rest of the day because that was the only thing that would get me through wow, wow. and um yeah, I mean, I would say for probably two, three months, that was that's what it was like. It was just. It's interesting to hear you say that because I I remember one time, this guy calling me. I was I'd done a conference out of state, and and praying for people at the end. And this guy had asked his wife to come and get me and bring me over. And he's sitting there in this chair. He's one of the bigger human beings that I've ever known. Yeah, and uh, was um, coach, been a college athlete. And he talked about how it was, took him two and a half hours to get out of bed in the morning. Mm. And I'm looking at the guy going, 
<laughs> he could lift a couple people right. out of bed in the morning and right. he can't get out of bed. And, and the power of emotional pain. Oh yeah. Over all the physical strength and so, yeah. Eating the right diet and all that stuff. It, it is heavy. Mm-hmm. So you, you didn't really have coping mechanisms or you didn't have like, you know, like how to process that kind of stuff no, to I, a degree. It was all like, it was a first time experience to a degree. Yeah. I mean, like, I saw my brother Tim like go through some some similar things, but I had no idea what he was feeling at the time. Like I hadn't. You couldn't empathize with him. I couldn't empathize with any. Like if somebody told me they broke up with somebody, I had no idea what that felt like or meant. And for the first time, I was like, "Whoa, like this sucks. This is the worst feeling in the world. I never want to feel like this again." And you know, I found out. Through that experience, I had put all my self-worth, identity, Mm. um, just emotional support and everything into her and into football. You know, I still had football, thankfully, but, um, you know, that just really crushed me. And for the first time, I was so empty to the point like, yeah, I I honestly didn't want to continue playing football. I didn't want to do anything. Um, And... God was like, all right, finally. Now you know what it feels like to be empty yeah. and have nothing and feel like you have nothing. So let me come fill you up. Mm. And since then, I mean, there doesn't go a day where, like, I, I like God is not the priority in my life. Yeah, you know, God is not the number one thing that I'm <clears throat> that I'm focusing on. Um, That's awesome. So yeah, I would say like those those major experiences were were turning points, you know, because like if I had, if I realized like if I hadn't gone to that internship over the summer before this all happened, like I probably would have been even worse. I would have been even worse at the time because like before, before this all happened, like, okay, now I was learning how to deal with all this stuff. I didn't know I was going to need it. Yeah. But like I was learning and thankfully like it took me after it happened, it took me a little bit, but finally like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back to what I was doing over the summer and that's that worked way faster than whatever I was trying to do so that's cool yeah all right so a lot of people go to college and lose their faith that's not like an uncommon thing what was your experience like going from I would say you were kind of on fire for God mm-hmm. when you left for college mm-hmm. what was the environment at college what were the messages you were receiving from other students faculty what like what did you experience you know, spiritually kind of to a degree yeah. entering college. Yeah. So Rhode Island, the whole New England area, I mean, it is a, it is a dark place. I mean, like, I know that's where like the Salem witch trials and all that went down. I mean, like the Satan church was actually like a big deal up there and it's, it's real. I mean, like, I don't know if y'all have seen the conjuring or whatever, like, um, but, I lived up there when I was young yeah. and yeah, there aren't many churches. No. And a lot of the people in churches are Southern transplants. Yeah, literally. Um, and uh, and and at one time, it, some of the areas that I've even been to were some of the places where great revivals took place. Mm. And now the spiritual darkness is is incredible. Yeah. And um, yeah. No, but yeah, I mean, like the like if anybody's listening, I mean, like if y'all seen The Conjuring, you know the story. Like that happened in Rhode Island. Like the first movie that was in Rhode Island. Like I found that out later. I was like, I'm never going back. Like, no, <laughs> I'm good. Like, and then the third one happened in Connecticut, which is like 30 minutes down the road. So, like, 
there is a ton of spiritual warfare happening up there like every day and you know getting up there again it was the first time i was away i can i don't have anybody like yeah i have my coaches who like you know i had to go to meetings i had to go to practice i had to go to lift things like that but outside of that like i could do whatever i wanted like no one could tell me whatever whatever to do and you know as an athlete i'm going to hang out with the other football players none of them were following jesus at the time um you know they're they were wanting that great college experience so you know we play football we party we drink we you know sleep with women and and whatnot and um as well as i mean everybody up there is from that northern environment which again like the church isn't that yeah big of a deal up there as it is down here in the south um so a lot of guys like they knew of jesus like they've heard it but they didn't like grow up in the church like i did they didn't how many of them would you say would would tell you that they were a christian Oh, I mean, everybody was Catholic. Like that was a big thing, especially guys from New Jersey. Like, oh yeah, I, you know, I went to, I went to CC, I think it's CCD. Yeah. Um, you know, oh, I grew up like I went to Catholic church. You know, I'm Catholic. That's, I'm, yeah, that's what I am. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, what does that mean to you? It's like who I am. Well, I it just means you know, I. It's the box I check. Yeah, I'm white. Uh, I'm a male. Literally, I'm Catholic. You know, well, I went through, I went through these things, and you know. I found out like later, like talking to these, a lot of the guys, what they actually, what their thought process was, was, and I was surprised by this. They're like, you know, I know that that's where I need to be, but like, I'm going to save that for later. Like when I mean something, like when I'm older, like that's when I'm going to go and be, be a part of the church. That's when I'm going to go back and be, you know, following Jesus and whatnot. And I was like, dude, no, you need to like right now, like right now is the, pinnacle point in your life that's going to decide whether or not oh, yeah. you, you decide where you're going and where you're not so um yeah i mean i was hanging out with just the guy like i don't, I don't want to say the wrong people because like at the same time there was no one else at the time like i was just hanging out with the guys on my the football best team. people you do the the only people i knew like and yeah like it was it was very hard to to keep reading my bible to keep praying when um no one else did it no positive peer pressure yeah exactly um thankfully i did find a uh you know a fellowship of christian athletes uh group up there that i found out like a couple of my teammates were going to <clears throat> and after that that's when i tried to hang out with them more um and i got plugged in with the pastor who was doing that um so i would hang out with him every now and then but again i mean like yeah my whole freshman year I honestly, I, I probably just walked away from God in that moment. Like I just didn't care anymore at that time. So, okay. Yeah. How What were the messages you were receiving from like in your classes? Did you feel like it was trying to tear down your faith? I, I've had people tell me like from the get go, their first class, it's like, I'm going to convince you not to follow any other higher power, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I didn't have anybody there. Were, I never took a class where someone was like that. There, I mean, I'm a kinesiology major, so I had to take like biology, certain science classes. And I mean, they did preach the, oh, the world has been, comes from evolution. It's from 65 million years ago, blah, blah. And then, you know, that doesn't really bother me because, you know, they are entitled to their opinion as well. I'd say the biggest thing that I thought was funny was like one day I'm in, I'm, I get to class and our professor's like, hey, we have a, we have a great guest speaker coming in. She's going to come in. 
and talk to you guys and and share a lot and i was like okay that's cool like yeah let's do it and she gets up there and she's like hi and introduce herself and it's like there are over 27 different genders maybe even more and i laughed and i like said this out loud i was like ha that's funny no there's not and like people around me this was my next question so people around me turned around and just looked looked at me and i was like oh shoot oh (laughs) you guys actually believe this oh man so that was probably the biggest like thing as well as you know like it's so wild because that was unfathomable in my day like there was zero people talking like that yeah and it and it was it was laughable right and now what kind of an idiot doesn't accept that right is the atmosphere yeah 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 and i mean there was another kid from uh tampa he's he's become one of my best friends dylan brown um we were roommates and you know coming from florida like it was a normal thing even the homeschool community would be like oh that's gay like just oh, yeah, about yeah. random stuff yeah, yeah and so like i remember like being in the dining hall and i said it like oh that's gay and like these girls who overheard me and started yelling at me like oh, yelling at both of us like you can't say that that's homophobic like what's wrong with you i'm like we're just talking about dylan's shirt like nothing like nothing major like not knowing anything yeah about the <laughs> the social environment up there that was that was a big shock because that all that happened within my first semester of college and i gotta ask a question yeah did you say yes ma'am or yes sir oh i said yes ma'am yes sir to everybody like did that get you in any trouble people sometimes like people never like <laughs> there were those people who like don't call me that or like you know oh that makes me feel old and i'm like um you are no. <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was in second grade when we moved up to massachusetts wow. and i'm saying yes ma'am to my teacher and she's going don't bow smart mouth me and i'm like or, or, or are you smart mouth i mean i'm like no ma'am and she is getting more and more living and yeah. i'm like what am i doing wrong i'm trying yeah. my hardest so to be respectful <laughs> and uh, i have no clue why she's getting madder by this by the sentence you know right that uh so funny no, there is definitely people like that. Like one of my coaches, you know, as as players, like everybody, all you, no matter where you're from, as like as a player, you always are like yes sir to all your coaches. And we had this guy from Massachusetts, a coach, offensive coordinator, come in, who he would literally like get so mad when I would say yes sir. I mean yes coach, like like that's what he wanted. He wanted me to be like yes coach, not uh-huh. yes sir. And so, like, you know, me, second nature, he would talk to me, say something, like, yes, sir. And then he would, like, go off on me about you, it. You grow up doing it, like, every yeah. time you respond to an adult. And it's yeah. honor, it's respect. And, right. yeah, yeah, it's hard to undo that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do it, like, to everybody. Like, it doesn't yeah. matter who I'm talking yeah. to. Like, like, a girl could be – I talk to my younger siblings like that. Like, hey, yes, sir. Like, Or I'll be like, yes, sir. Yeah. <laughs> and but, sometimes it's being smart but yeah, yeah. But, but that's just part of my vocabulary at this yeah. point so yeah. well when i when i was up north i learned queer queer was a normal word like yeah. that's queer yeah. and they and everybody used it there and then i moved down back to florida or virginia i forget where i mean which of the moves and i yeah. started using that and people were like would you call me and i was like <laughs> i didn't call you anything what do you mean and you're like i'm not queer and i was like I didn't say that. I was talking about whatever, you yeah, know, right. something that was said or done. And I was like, it's in, and it's the language difference. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, is, it is a huge, di- 
huge difference <laughs> from the north to the south. So yeah. Okay, so what other uh, experience did you did you have with the whole gender binary, all that stuff? Um, did you have to memorize the twenty seven? No. Different- oh, <laughs> yeah. That's that was this threw me off because I had no idea what was going on. So I got into my freshman dorm, like and like the day of we're moving in, the RA comes around to like everyone on the floor. I was like, Hey, we're going to meet outside at this time just to meet everybody. Um, just get to know you. Um, and like do an activity. And I was like, Oh, that sounds nice. We get out there and she's, she's like, all right, everybody say your name, your pronouns. Oh, wow. Everything. I had no idea what pronouns were. <laughs> like I had, so everybody goes around they're saying I'm Ashley. I'm she, her, hers. And I'm like, why? And I look over at Dylan. I'm like, why are they saying this? <laughs> what are they doing? And he's like, dude, I don't know. Because he's from Tampa too. He's like, I have no idea what's going on. Oh my on. goodness. And we're all like, so it comes around to me and I'm like. Wow. That's heavy indo- indoctrination. So all yeah. of them, that's part of how they've been trained yeah. to answer. Wow. Yeah. What what school did Dylan go to? Uh, Berkeley. Okay. He went to, he first went to Jesuit and then he went to Berkeley. Yeah. That's, so. I, Catholic school, right? It's just- Jesuit is. Yeah. I think Berkeley is just a private, okay, private school. Um, but yeah, I mean, it came around to me, and I'm like, I'm Caleb. I'm a guy, <laughs> I'm a dude. Like, I'm, I'm male. Yeah, I'm male. Like, I didn't know what to, what to say. I was like, I have no idea what's going on. So um, everyone laugh at you. No, everybody just looked at me like I was an idiot. Like they're like, "What's wrong with you?" Like, oh my gosh. And I was like, I'm so confused. <laughs> Did you learn how to answer that question? I learned correctly? like years later when all this, like at that point, I don't think it really started to get big as far as like the the whole pronouns thing. But I years later, I started to figure it out. But it wasn't even at school. I mean, that was just me listening to YouTube, people t- YouTube like people talking like the conservative twins. I don't know if you'll know who those are, but mm-hmm. they're just these these two guys who are twins who are very conservative and they just like talk about the politics that are happening in the it, world. And well, um, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean that. I mean, definitely saw some. Uh, I met a lot of men who were, uh, who were gay. Um, and actually, on the football team? No, nobody on the football team. Um, I mean, everybody on the football team was actually like, like, low key against it, but they wouldn't say it at yeah. the same time. Like they, they. That's what I think is funny is like you know, and athletes here like we. We definitely have to decide the majority. Yeah, we have to decide the majority, especially in today's culture. It's like, oh, we have to go with it. But I would say the majority of ninety-nine percent of 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 male athletes are like, no, not not. I don't like. I don't. I figured that one out. I don't even. I don't. I don't like it, or I don't care like at all. So I mean, yeah, yeah. But we're probably being very offensive to some people right now. Oh yeah, I can't imagine. Potentially, I mean, no, don't get me wrong. I love everybody, and I'm always going to oh, show yeah. everybody the same love and respect that Jesus did. I know that that's what He would do. Um, at the same time, like it's interesting. Cause back in my day, I I said it's old. There were there were yeah, but there there was there there was a guy that it was pretty obvious. Like yeah. he, and and he stood out in the whole school. Yeah, and. I saw people spitting on him and I told him to stop it. Yeah. I got the nickname Casper. Cause I was like, I'm going to stand up for him. And they're like, Oh, what mole are you gay? And I was like, no, that's just a wrong way yeah. to treat 
oh, anybody. Be human being, and yeah. and uh, you know, walking down the hall and somebody just randomly just knocks him. I watch his head like lock, and I'm like, "Who did that?" You know, and and uh, and I was like, I, I just thought it was the right thing to stand up for yeah. anybody. Like yeah. I didn't, I didn't maybe agree with lifestyle or anything like that, but I'm like going, this is just wrong. Yeah. You don't treat people like that. Yeah. And, uh, definitely. No, I've definitely come to the conclusion. I mean, with, with those people, like, especially like for me, like everybody, like there'd be jokes that people would be like, Oh, kid, you're homophobic or whatever, things like that. And I'd be like, actually, no, like I'm not scared. Those people, like those are the ones who need love the most. Those yeah. are the ones who need me to be the kindness, like, the yeah. most so like honestly like when i'm like to today like i make the if i see anybody like that if i you know i mean also like racism is, is coming back and being a big thing now it's like if i see anybody of color anybody who associates with lgbtq or anything like that like i want to show them actually more love yeah. and be more purposeful about that because i know they need it and they also need to believe that there is hope yeah. in a sense of like we as white men or we as white people like we're not actually like that that's just a stereotype that yeah what what did you get about white privilege being a white christian male in america is that something that you know that's a big topic now did you experience any of that that is a big thing um i didn't really i didn't experience anything like that if i'm being honest um i know like there were like we would all joke about it. Like, like there were there were guys on on my team who we would joke and be like, "Yeah, I got white privilege and things like that." But I never, <laughs> if I'm being honest, no, I never, I never experienced it. I did notice. So my 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 new girlfriend that uh, I'm dating. Um, Ooh. Yeah, I've actually known her since my freshman year of college um, and whatnot. But uh, I knew, like all the te- all the athletes knew each other. And so I, I met this one girl from, um, she was from Orlando. She was up there playing soccer. So she was teammates with my current girlfriend. I remember talking to her at one point. I was just asking her about her teammates or something like that. Um, and she like said something like, oh yeah. And she's talking about my my new girlfriend. She's like, uh, they, we weren't dating at the time, but she was like, oh yeah, she's just like, you know, that white privilege, rich girl, <laughs> like blah, blah, blah. And that was the first. And that's that was, what attracted you to her? Low key, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, no but so i remember funny. that was probably the one time that like that phrase was used that yeah i really heard that um so yeah what about the what about racism so yeah when when covid hit and the black lives matter movement started to happen we uh we had a full team meeting over zoom because we we're all back home at the time we had a team meeting brought everybody on um and it was like all right all the all the players of color like feel free to say whatever you want while us white like white players and whatnot like we just have to sit here and take it like then they just basically like told us about how we need to be posting on so like that's what doesn't make sense to me they all told us like oh you need to repost this on social media that y'all need to do this on social media i'm like why is it that social media has become the norm of like being a good person or not yeah right like like i remember one kid one kid was like 
you know, if, if you don't, re if you're not reposting this, if you're not posting about this, like, you're not my teammate. And I was just like, dang, dude. Okay. Like, you know, we still have the same goal of, you know, we're just trying to win football games. We're not trying to just come be over here talking about like the social politics about everything. But I mean, I, I want to, I wish that there were people that would steward that whole thing well because mm. i know one of the things that's so powerful is when we do listen and we do talk yeah. and we hear each other which is different than what you're describing you're describing being forced to accept the belief system being mm -hmm. forced mm -hmm. to express something that uh, all right here's your opinion that you have to have yeah it's the only right opinion yeah and um but one of the things that, because it's just the doorway God's opened up to me um, a lot of times is in Africa here in the U.S. is sometimes to be a bridge builder. And that's one of the first things I do. Mm. Tell me what's going on. How do you see this? And I'll just listen. Mm -hmm. And and what's interesting is I've been in environments where it's a pretty mixed crowd. Yeah. And as soon as I do that, I, I'm talking to one person. Next thing you know, there's two yeah. black people sitting there and pretty soon the room is divided. I've got half because they want so bad to be heard mm. and someone's hearing them. And I'm just asking follow up questions. And a lot of my white friends or, or, I mean, they even could be acquaintances cause I'll be in a different environment. We'll be off talking. We're all mixed. Yeah. And it, but as soon as someone's ready to listen, yeah. they want to talk. And yeah. I'm like, and, and I understand what I'm doing. Yeah. It's part of the healing process. Yeah. And, but it really becomes powerful when they go, so what do you think about what we're saying? Mm. And, and they would take time to listen. But here's the deal. Like I'm, I don't have an agenda. I don't need to feel heard. Yeah. So just listening more, asking another question. I'll follow, well, what, what would you like to hear from me mm. would be the question I'd ask them yeah. because, because otherwise it can be a trap. Oh yeah. You know, to just go, I have a difference of opinion until someone wants to listen. Right. And I see two sides wanting to be heard. Well, I actually see African-American people wanting to be heard. Mm. And a lot of us, a lot of white people, like it's just not on the forefront of our mind. Yeah. And and so we don't take time to listen. And, and, and then there are some that just have a lot of opinions that want to be heard and they're angry and they don't oh, like yeah. black people and all that that exists. It's yeah. not the people that I normally hang out with or talk to. But but when you hear all the hurt and the pain mm. and, and your eyes are opened to what they really have to endure, it's like, so what can we really do? Yeah. What would be a healthy, you know, and sometimes yeah. it's like, give us all your money. I mean, that's, I've never heard anybody say that, but you know, I'm like, it's okay. That may not be the only solution mm -hmm. out there. Let's have a more healthy discussion about what's it going to be um to to heal the wounds yeah so oh definitely definitely there's definitely real emotion even yeah. even when someone's saying something that is you know uh not a fact or is debatable the emotion behind what they're saying is often mm. is real and yeah. and feeling hurt is such a powerful thing yeah not feeling invalidated is, yeah 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 absolutely understanding yeah. feeling understood they want you want to be understood and a lot of times i've gotten to witness racism my eyes were blinded to it i oh, yeah. i was the guy that 
black kids sat over there and some athletes sat with them because they're the football players. Yeah. They're bigger, faster. But in my mind, it was from TV. They carry knives. They're going to beat me up. Mm-hmm. And I just, I, we were here and they were there. I didn't have any experience to back that up. Mm. I didn't realize I saw it that way. Yeah. It, it wasn't until years later. I was going, wow. I had these fears that weren't founded. Yeah. And now I don't. Yeah. You know, and, um, but, 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 you know, it's like I didn't realize I would treat them differently. Mm. And it was more the world that gave me that perspective mm. than my experience. Yeah. I, I definitely agree. I mean, like, I think the the media, the shows, the movies we watch, like, have been. I mean, p- whoever figured somebody figured it out and was like, "Yo, we we can use this to actually shape <laughs> society, the, the society, and, and the yeah. way of thinking." Like, then they have done that continuously ever since. Like, yeah, they have. And I mean, like you said, like growing up, yeah, I, there was probably that that thought of like, "Oh, you know, black people probably are more living in the projects or whatnot." And then, you know, they, they probably deal drugs and things like that. And, you know, I'm not going to say that I probably didn't have that perspective at one point, but then, you know, you meet people, you meet people and you're like, Oh, you're, you're just nothing, like us. Yeah. yeah. Nothing like the, the way you're portrayed on TV. And I mean, again, and then even today, like the way that they're sho- like showing everything that's going on, like even now you walk out and you, like I can go over here to Tampa and Brandon and whatnot and meet some of the nicest colored people in the world. Oh right? yeah, they, they yeah. Like we all live together and they. No Sometimes they're afraid of us. Yeah, and and have a stereotype of what yeah. we're like and what we're going to do to them and right. and that we're that we're prejudiced. Yeah, and uh, we had um in, in our in one of our youth groups at one point we had a kid um who uh. Uh, he said something that at the time I didn't even realize it, but as this conversation has kind of come up, um, you know, more recently, I've realized like that was incredibly racist. And he 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 was saying like, "Hey guys, I want you to all pray that I can have a black friend." Mm-hmm. And I was like, I was like, okay, it's kind of weird, but like, and then one of the kids was like, "You literally hang out with a black guy every day," and he's like, "Yeah." But his name is Kenneth Ellington, and he's a computer engineer. Like, I want a real black friend. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> At the time, we were kind of like, oh, that's kind of funny, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. But, like, thinking back, I'm like, he had an idea of what a black person was. <laughs> and, his, and, it, and his computer friend named Kenneth Ellington didn't fit. And I'm yeah. like, no, that's, you know, it's yeah. dehumanizing almost yeah. to a degree to, like, that, that's where you see that you have a, a – I say prejudice. Like, you have an idea. There's a box that's been formed around – you know, whatever. So, yeah. All right. So college, it wasn't brainwashing. You weren't, you didn't feel like you're trying to be brainwashed the whole time you were there. You experienced what the, so this is my question. The media is portraying something. Mm -hmm. You got a taste of that, but it wasn't like you were just being hit with that all day, every day, or was it a regular thing? No, I would say like, if I'm being honest, the brainwashing didn't have with everybody I met, like all the the students there. The brainwashing didn't happen in college. The brainwashing happened in high school and really? middle school. Okay, like, they came in already. They already came in believing all this stuff. Okay. I mean, like you know, I have conversations with my friends all the time about how, like, oh no, you know, God created the world in six, seven days, not in millions of years, and evolution was not a, not a part of it at all and 
they've just heard their entire lives know it was yeah. this is how the world was created oh and and whatnot so i would say like for the majority like yeah i wouldn't say that there was a t- professors and whatnot were not trying to they just assumed you already yeah, were all on the exactly, same page exactly yeah. i think definitely in the northeast that that's that's just what was already being taught i don't think they don't have to destroy your faith in God because most of them up there don't exactly, have Exactly, right. I'd say like somewhere different, like maybe Virginia, maybe more like in the middle um, or some, some, or maybe some of these liberal schools that are trying to be in the South and whatnot. I think that would probably be more of a brainwashing experience. But no, I mean, there, yeah. I don't know if I... You're mostly studying physical yeah i don't know if i met anybody any other student who believed like the same thing i do believe or i believe about how the world is created did you have religion so classes? You, you would say everyone there believed in evolution yeah i would say for the majority everybody believed in evolution yeah everyone believes there's 27 genders <clears throat> no no i mean that was the other that was the funny thing this is what was funny to me it was like in the on the outside, like, you know, Rhode Island, like Rhode Island's actually a pretty country area. Like, yeah, we have the city of Providence, which is like a very poor city where, you know, a lot of, uh, it is a bigger city with a lot more, um, hipster type of people and whatnot. But on the outside, like it's mostly like country, somewhat suburbs and like very conservative i would actually say really? like i mean driving around a lot of trump signs a lot of trump signs. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more trump signs than than i was expecting when i got back up there so i mean and was it different in the city in the city it was oh, very yeah. much different oh yeah in the yeah. city it was people were painting things and and people were protesting i lived outside the so I lived in this area called Narragansett outside the beach. Um, like I literally, I, the beach was right across the street from me. And that was like a, that is that was why like, you that, picked that school? Yeah. Well, that was, that was <laughs> part of it. I'm not gonna lie. That was part of it. Um, but I remember one day, this is when like recently when the Roe versus Wade was getting overturned and I'm out just walking and I see all these ladies like holding, like these older ladies, like not like young, this is what I thought was funny. All these older ladies who, cannot have kids anymore like <laughs> are you sure yeah right <laughs> like all and they're the ones going around like holding these signs like not your body not your choice or my body my choice things like that and it's like having right up happening right outside my window and like there was a lot of that happening mm. in the cities and whatnot of, of rhode island so when when all that stuff was going on but yeah on the outside i mean i would say yeah everybody has their their school education of like how the world came to be. But for the most part, I would say actually everybody's a little bit more on the conservative side. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I'm finding out about more about the U S in general is like <laughs> everybody who lives in the cities, they're the ones who want to preach the the woke movement and whatnot. Whereas you get outside the city, you get outside the city and you're like, Oh wow. Nor. No, I want to say normal people, but like <laughs> more um, conservative. Okay. Yeah. How do you feel like parents can prepare their kids for school? 
what's something that would have prepared you better? You said you said your freshman year, you kind of yeah. walked away to agree. What's something that would have prepared you? What's something parents can do with their kids going into this environment? Because mm. I don't know a lot. I'm going to be honest. I don't know a lot of people who came out having – who still think the way you think yeah. coming out of college. Or even yeah. too many people that went in and made a positive impact for Christ. Ooh. Yeah. Oof. It's hard to see mm. that. Yeah. Hard to find that. It's a great question. How can we influence more than we're influenced? Um, that would be yeah. one of the things, too, that – that we, I, I don't like, I remember many years before people went off to college kind of going, I'm going to really hit that hard, you know, as a spiritual leader. And I'm kind of thinking it goes in one ear and out the other when, when you're sharing that. So yeah. you, you would have had people in your life that were trying to get you prepared for that. Yeah. Do oh, you remember mom. that? Did any of that? Your, like Your mom, for sure. My mom, I mean, you guys really got me prepared. Like, I remember probably a week or two before is when we went out to, was it Tarpon Spring? We went up to that camp thing for a Odessa. week. That, Odessa. We went up to that okay. camp for a week. Um, we stayed out, stayed out at that house and just like, Jesus, 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 basketball, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> But I mean, yeah, definitely hanging out with you guys was huge. You know, I'd say. Did you have a preconceived idea when I get up to college, I am going to test the waters or mm. I'm going to have freedom? That's a good question. I'm interested to hear know. this. Um, probably. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. Like I, I, I did party like while I was in college, like I did drink. Um, but not to each or 21, of course. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I mean, actually like when I got up there within 24 when, hours, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, no, when I got up there, like my freshman year, like I did have this expectation, like, oh, the, the football, like the football team parties, like together, you know, we all hang out together and, and I like that aspect of like, okay, we all hang out and we're together. I got up there and that wasn't happening. Like guys were going off doing their own thing. Um, the frat and Greek life was that, that was actually like the big party life and whatnot. Um, and I would hear stories of like people getting into fights at Greek life because, you know, like one kid's on in, in a frat and he's like, Oh, I played football in high school. I could totally do what you do. And the football player getting pissed off and, and then getting in a fight and then the kid gets kicked off the team and all this stuff. So like my sophomore year, I actually moved into a house um, and I was like, you know, I'm going to throw a party and and just bring everybody. Look, whole team's invited. Like y'all can come and we'll, we'll play music and only Christian music. Of only course. Christian music, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding. Um, and it was actually like one of the best things that happened for our team because like did the coaches love that? I think so. I think they also like because I I'd gained a reputation of, you know, I was very disciplined. I was all about football. Like they knew that I, I was a background of, in faith. You know, I was I never had any trouble. I never had any problems um, and whatnot my entire time there. So I think they liked the fact that we finally started doing things together. Um, because I think before that, like the team was actually pretty separated. Um, but then like I started 
was like, hey, we're going to have a party this weekend and see how it goes. Um, and, you know, like rules, like no underage drinking for sure. No smoking, no like doing anything crazy. Like, you know, we're just going to hang out, um, play games, really like um, and, and just hang out. And it was like one of the best times for everybody. Like everybody like left the whole next week. Everybody's talking about, Caleb, like, hey, you got to do that again. That was so much fun. We got to keep doing this. And so, I mean, yeah, we, I was actually like probably a big, I would say turning point. Cause we just came off of a losing season and for the first time it felt like the team was actually starting to hang out. Together. That's awesome. So, um, so yeah, so I did test the waters in that area. Like I did party a little bit, um, while I was in college. Um, but other than that, I mean, any crazy stories, wake up on a rooftop um, no tigers chickens i did think it was no i didn't have i didn't have any crazy stories like that uh i did think it was funny one time so we were throwing a party and cops came up to the house and like hey you know and we're like me and my roommate we're kind of like freaking out like oh no like <laughs> and we talked to them and and they're like hey you know it's just a little loud um but you guys are cool like you know, maybe throw some mattresses in the windowsills, like do this, like, you know, just so like, the sound doesn't like get out too much. I'm like, oh, okay, thank you so much. And, like, yeah, just like, just kick everybody out tonight. But next week, like, if y'all want to do this again, like, just make it quiet. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But no, I wouldn't say I was never a part of any crazy stories like that. Um, no. Okay. No. That was pretty low key. All right. So. Okay, so I got a question. Yeah. I want to get this this right. So they give an award every week for the hardest worker, your school or your the football team. It was every week, or they would do something to honor someone who worked at like worked the hardest. Um, in the spring, yeah. I mean, there was uh, so we'd have we'd have like workouts and whatnot, and this this just I did not like this philosophy at all, actually. But so they had three different t shirts. They had uh bright keeny blue like bright like baby blue dark navy and red and there were these long sleeve t-shirts that we'd work out in and it's so, like the first day we all go out and work out and like we're doing all these drills and stuff and the next day they put us in these t-shirts and it, based on how hard you worked based on who has a winning mentality who has a or who has a championship mentality who has an average mentality and who has a losing mentality. So like losing was red, average was navy blue, and then um, baby bikini blue was, uh, you know, who's championship mentality. So I was, once I found that, because I made it the first day not knowing that that was happening. Once I realized that was the case, I was like, okay, I'm going to be in this every day. Um, but it was. Did you ever not wear your baby blue shirt? Did you ever lose your Well, baby? no, it was always in the, so we have a locker. So we go in have a locker we that all our stuff is put into and then when we're done we put on this loop and we throw it in the bin and equipment washes it every day so it was, that was pretty easy okay um, so yeah no, i never never lost that stuff okay but, but i would say that was the only time like yeah i got an award for working hard working yeah. your, your mom told the story to me that's not the way she described it to me she was like yeah caleb the first week got you know got a award for being the hardest worker it's like, oh well, that's yeah, awesome. I don't know anything about that. No, you yeah. forgot already. Too many concussions. Yeah, 
probably. Never <laughs> diagnosed, though. <laughs> All right. So, Dad, you want to you want to you want to pray for Caleb? He's got the draft coming up. I want to close in prayer and pray a blessing over him as he goes into this draft season. Father God, we glorify you and praise you. And I thank you, Lord, for Caleb um, maintaining a relationship mm-hmm. with you, growing closer to you, learning to, how to be a spiritual leader. And uh, Father, in Jesus' name, I pray that, um, Lord, you would grant favor. I pray, Lord, that he would continue to take advantage of opportunities to reflect Jesus wherever you take him. And uh, Lord, if if the NFL is what you have in store for him next in his life, I pray, Father, that that Lord, he would stand out, that he would be like uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that he'd be like Daniel, Lord, and he'd rise above and and stand out and draw near to you, and that you would raise him up and you'd protect him. Lord, from whatever the circumstances are that 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 uh, confront him, that he would honor you first and foremost. Lord, we thank you for that privilege that we have as in having a relationship with you, Lord, that you stand with us, that you walk with us through everything that life uh, brings our way. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And, and selfishly, please let the Bucks draft him. Amen. <laughs> yes, please. Well, thank you for coming on, Caleb. As always, everybody like, comment, and share. And let us know who else you'd like us to interview or what else you'd like us to talk about.